0: Welcome to Reflect, Reclaim and Liberate, the podcast, finding the space for all of you in life and love. I'm your host, Sally Ann Hartnell, and this podcast is for anyone wanting to reclaim and liberate themselves in their relationships and their life. Wherever you are on your relationship journey, these conversations meet you right there in soulful, deeply supportive DMs with me and interviews with other gorgeous humans, moving you from where you are to where you most want to be, a life and love completely aligned with your deepest desires to have it all on your own terms. If you're seeking a relationship and a life that lights up all of you, you're in the right place. I'd also like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge them as the original storytellers of this land. Welcome back to another episode of Reflect, Reclaim, and Liberate. And today, I am welcoming Aliana Marie Angelis from Aliana Marie Coaching. Aliana is a women's fitness and mindset coach, and she runs a program called the Empowered Woman Project. She loves helping women become stronger physically and mentally, helping them develop a better relationship with food. And her favorite thing of all to do is to help women reconnect with and learn to love themselves eliana marie welcome to the podcast thank you so much for having me Ann. can you kick us off and just tell us a little bit about yourself about your work and
1: a little bit about how you came to do
0: what you do mm-hmm.
1: definitely so as Sallyanne has mentioned i'm a women's fitness and mindset coach and i do a lot of work with women where i help them love training and enjoy moving their bodies and train to be strong. I help them break free from the quick and fast diet culture, which is a culture that we can easily get lost into and teaching them how to nourish their bodies and eat without guilt. Cause I think it's a super important thing to be able to do for the rest of your life. Um, and most importantly, how to develop a resilient mindset, um, so that they can become really, Truly strong and confident in themselves. So, how I got into this space, um, I'm going to try and condense my story as much (laughs) as possible. So, I was actually working in corporate for three years. So, I went to uni and um, studied. A bachelor of Commerce in Marketing and Management, went to, into the corporate world for three years. Um, and in that time, I experienced what I like to call my quarter-life crisis. I was just like, what am I doing? I just felt so much resistance to doing the work. Um, I was a sales analyst for, funnily enough, a chocolate company. And I was just <laughs> like feeling so much resistance to it. And during that time as well, I was going through... Um, some body image issues. I used to do bodybuilding and I was really not confident in myself. So I was in a space where I just felt lost overall in my life, in my health, and in my personal life. Um, And when I asked myself what I really wanted to do, um, as simple as it sounds, I wanted to be able to help women and help them overcome their struggles with training and food and, and build strong and healthy bodies. And why I chose this path and why I started started studying my PT course was um, for as long as I can remember in my teenage years, I've struggled with body image. Um, so when I was a kid, as most kids are like, we just so carefree. Mm-hmm. Like we, we don't really worry about anything. We don't worry about we look, what we look like. We just do, we, we live for the moment. And then something kind of switches. And we become very hyper fixated in how we look or how people perceive us. And for me, this happened when I first moved to Australia. So I'm an immigrant. I moved with my family from the Philippines. I just felt how different I was in the way I spoke, in the way I looked. Um, Not only that, I started ballet dancing around the age of 11 as well. And so it's a beautiful form of art. However, it does come with its... um, Hyperfixation on how you look. And I remember being kind of a shorter, stockier um, teenager. And I had a bit more muscle than the other girls who were kind of long and lean. And I started not liking what I looked like and wishing I looked like something else. And most importantly, wishing that I fit in because I felt like such an alien. And mm. I was also bullied in high school. So all those things um, kind of contributed to just... Incredible hyperfixation on in my body and it affected me really negatively. Mm. Um, not only that, teenage years, in my teenage years, there was the rise of social media, Facebook, of Instagram. So even more comparison syndrome, lo- really wanting to look like someone else, like my the, my favorite fitness influencer. And I was trying diets. At, I reckon I started dieting at around 16 years old um, and wow. exercising and doing bikini body guides. So that really fueled that hyperfixation in my body further. Mm. And then I got into bodybuilding, which if anything, it's like probably the worst thing I can do for my body image. So throughout that journey, I went through cycles of yo-yo dieting. Um, I even got super lean and I thought this is it. This is my goal body, but it was the type of lean that I couldn't maintain. Mm. I lost my menstrual cycle. I got into binge and Uh, binge eating and uh, restricting patterns and behaviors, which wasn't really healthy. And then when I found strength training, it was finally something I could focus on that didn't involve what I looked like. Yeah. And then I found the world of flexibly dieting of, okay, how can I focus on nourishing myself first? And then being able to enjoy food with my family because food is social, it's cultural um, as well. It's for enjoyment. Mm. And when I found that in myself, I was like, God, so many other women really struggle with this just within my small circle, like my friends struggled with it, family members. So how I wanted to help women was, can I help them break free from this? Because once I did, I, life just kind of turned up for me. And it was amazing, an amazing feeling, not always thinking about my body, not always thinking about the weight and the scale and what I looked like. So um, I started my PT certification, um, quit my corporate job. It was very liberating and it was amazing. And then COVID happened and I was like, shit. What what did I do to myself? No income, couldn't work at a gym. And then I started online coaching. And then from there, built my business up from 2020 and now coaching women from around the world, which is such a blessing. And to be able to see women's transformations from being so insecure to really stepping into their power is, I think, the most gratifying thing as a coach. So that's my journey to becoming a a women's fitness and mindset coach. My own journey inspired me. Um, I really wanted to help women. And then now, I do it as my job.
0: So good. And I love that, you know, that little line that you just dropped in there, women stepping into their power. I mean, you do it in a different way. I do it. You know, we both do that. We just do it in a different way. I love Mm -hmm. it. I love it. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk us through a little bit more detail on the mindset, a little bit, I can't speak today, on the mindset stuff, Mm -hmm. the mindset work that you do and how you Mm -hmm. shift clients out of the yo-yo dieting, hyper, not hypervigilance. What was the word you used?
1: Hyperfixation.
0: Thank you. Hyperfixation on body and body image. So really getting to the nitty gritty of the mindset
1: stuff. Mm -hmm. I think there are a few rocks that I help women with in terms of mindset. Um, For me, what the initial thing that made me think, wow, there's so much more to just physically training your body was when I was training women at the gym, training for them was probably the easy part. They were just going through the exercises, they were pushing themselves, not to say training is easy, but a lot of the conversations that we were having were about their life. It mm. was about, oh, "I haven't dropped weight this week," or oh, I haven't lost centimeters," or I, you know, ate so much food in the weekend and I feel really guilty." And I found that that was what was really affecting their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors throughout the week. So I thought, okay, maybe, I can incorporate more mindset work into what I did. And when I started online coaching, that became a huge facet of um, my program. So in terms of mindset, there are a few things. So number one is the unhealthy relationship with food that is perpetuated by diet culture. And also what's passed on generationally by family members, especially what I found the most common thing their mum's relationship with food and their bodies yeah. really affected them growing older, which then affects how their mum sees their kid, their daughter. They you know, tell them, you know, or you look a little bit fat or you've gained weight, or maybe you should diet. I had someone who went through diets when she was, was 13, oh, 13. And that's it breaks my heart really does. And it's, 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 it's a, it's a stage where an age where you're, You're growing, your hormones are developing. You're not even an adult yet. And we're going through diets and keto and low carb. And to me, we like I I know that if we can, you know, if I can send this message to as many women, we can hopefully help that break that general generational cycle of shaming around food and body. So one thing I help them with is their relationship with food. So a lot of the time. Um, there's hype around low carb or, um, intermittent fasting and, um, all these diets that are geared and sold more towards losing weight without consideration of how that actually affects your health. And for me, most importantly, your menstrual cycle, your menstrual cycle is a vital sign of health. And, you know, women lose their periods all the time when they're not eating enough, when they're over-exercising. So, One of the big rocks is, okay, how can we help you develop a healthy relationship with food? And I think the biggest thing that I teach um, my clients is number one, how to nourish your body. How can you eat a high protein diet filled with whole foods, foods that are less processed to support your hormones, to support your gut health, to support everyday living, And then on top of that, how can we see foods like pasta, pizza, or, you know, foods that your family make as part of that healthy lifestyle, instead of something that's outside of it, because let's be real, no one's eating clean 24 seven, except maybe like 0005 percent of the world who can just do that a lot of the time we enjoy eating food with other people, like on dates, on um, family events, catch-ups with our girlfriend. It's always going to be something that's part of our our lives and quite a big part of our lives as well. So if you can start seeing that as something that's part of a healthy lifestyle, there's less guilt. There's less tendency to start a diet on Monday and then, you know, go overboard on Sunday and Saturday and then start a diet on Monday again, which is such a tiring thing i used to do that so firstly it's seeing food in a different way in terms of okay let's nourish your body and then see foods you love as soul foods part of a really healthy lifestyle and something that makes you happy as well um number two building a resilient mindset and what i mean by this i think we live in a world of instant gratification we just want things bam 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 like Mm -hmm. And I guess we're conditioned for it now. You know, if we want food, Uber Eats is a 10-minute call away, uh, a 10-minute app um, wait away. Uh, Online shopping, one-day turnaround, um, messaging. We get messages in an instant. And then we kind of expect our journeys to be the same. We expect a quick turnaround. But it's like, if it took you 10 years to get to this really unhealthy state, what makes you think a (laughs) two-week challenge is going to do that or a one-week juice cleanse? Like... (laughs) That reminds me, I'm, there's a statistic that I've been
0: sharing a little bit. Um, it takes women on average five years to leave an unhappy relationship. So if it's taking you five years to decide to leave, don't expect things to be awesome straight away. So it's similar sort of thing, you know, yes. however long it takes you to, to create this Unhealthy relationship with food, unhealthy Mm. relationship with another human. It's gonna take time to unravel, unpack, and recreate or rebuild more healthy version. Yeah, I love
1: exactly. Yeah, it's like you know, you can't expect to fix a relationship in one day or one week if it's been like a pattern that's been Mm. happening for five years that's built up to this, you know, tumultuous event that's on the verge of breakdown. You can't expect to fix it in a short time frame. So and our relationship
0: with food too, like that, mm. that starts from the moment we're born because there's family of origin stuff in there. As you said, yes. you mothers and daughters and all sorts of deep mm. layering and deep nuance to that,
1: exactly. relationship
0: that has been built up over time.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And there's so much to unpack. so much to unpack it's like god that's not happening in a short time frame so can we learn to be patient and then even if we're not seeing results straight away can we stay on path, knowing that there's delayed gratification around the corner um however long that is so what i find is you know it's the it's the quick fix mentality like if it's not done in you know a week then fuck it i'm sorry i don't know if i can no no, you can totally (laughs) totally (laughs) <laughs> then fuck it. Like I'm, I give up, mm. but then giving up hurts because giving up is harder because then you're living with whatever unhealthy relationship you have, like the work that you do, Sally, an unhealthy mm. relationship with people, the work that I do unhealthy relationship with your body and food, like that's harder than actually doing the work because you're living
0: an unfulfilled. I just unhealthy- posted something on social media saying, Did you? you know, <laughs> Leaving is really hard. Leaving an unhappy, unhealthy relationship is really hard. But staying is infinitely infinitely harder. So it's oh, yes. staying stuck in whatever pattern, be it with a relationship with food or a human, I totally agree.
1: Yeah, definitely. I love that you shared that as well and share the same sentiment in your, in your world of coaching. And I guess what that leads me to, so after building a resilient mindset, it's developing self-love. To me, self-love is having self-respect. So with you, Sally-Ann, it's boundaries and, you know, knowing what's good for you. And then if that's leaving, it's leaving, but that's, that's self-respect. You're, you're, you're honoring what you need. Um, a lot of the time I find that there's a lot of, um, to me, I call it fake self-love. It's like, treat yourself all the time, always feel good. But the things that actually are good for us, a lot of the time don't feel good in the moment it feels ugh, icky, disgusting. Mm-hmm. So if that means, you know, instead of sitting like a catch potato, watching Netflix all day, and mind you, I have moments of this, but not every day. Um, can we go for a walk instead where it's good for your body? And it's, it's a healthier way of living instead of just being sedentary all the time. Can we learn to make, really delicious, wholesome foods instead of ordering takeaway every night. So it's these little things. It's like, stop treating yourself all the time. Cause that's actually worse for you. You know, mm-hmm. we, we do need some, we need challenging times to, to forge a, a healthy, strong mind and body. So yeah, under, helping my clients understand that respecting themselves is self-love. And sometimes that doesn't always look like the treat yourself mentality, um, and then the final thing is body image. So I believe the biggest lesson I teach women is that you are more than your body. And this is not disregarding the fact that we want to look good as human beings because we're humans, like we're visual. I personally like to, you know, do my hair. I like to dress in a way that I am able to express myself. And that's all visual stuff. Yeah. However, It's knowing that how you look is not everything that is well and good about you. Because if you just focus on looks all the time, looks change. The weight changes. Like we age, women go through pregnancies and our bodies are ever changing. So if we just, if we put a happiness on a visual and like body goal ideal, then we will never be happy because we will never be that for the rest of our lives. I think the same kind of thing with the relationships, like good looks can take you only so far, <laughs> but what's yeah. the essence of the person. So can we see ourselves as more than a body as someone who with a purpose in life, someone with unique talents, the ability to love ability, to make others smile, um, you know, ability to have beautiful relationships. If we can focus more on that and also what our bodies can do, like lift heavy weights, some of my clients, they give birth to life, which is such an amazing thing. So if we see ourselves as more than a body and we start seeing other people as more than a body as well, then that builds a really healthy body image. And to me, that also has a ripple effect because how you see yourself and other people, um, it, 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 you know, affects the way you interact with them as well. So those would be the four mindset shifts that I teach my clients.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And yet, so many ripple effects in that will yeah roll out from being more I, I guess especially being seeing ourselves as more than a body, you mm-hmm. know, and appreciating what our bodies do as opposed to what they look like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I love that you said seeing seeing other people as more than a body too, which um leads me on to a question I was going to ask a bit later, but we might as well go with it mm-hmm. now. Um, For a lot of my clients, when they step out of a long-term relationship particularly, there's lots of pressure to look a certain way, to lose X amount of weight or, you know, whatever, before they step out into the dating world or before they feel comfortable about getting up close and personal, God forbid, having sex for the first time, not for the first time, but with a new person for the first time. So can you... Can you service up a little, you know, maybe some tips for deepening that self love? Is there anything Mm -hmm. more that you would offer to that woman who's, you know, maybe in her 40s? She's been in a really long term relationship. She's stepping Mm -hmm. out and she's thinking, oh my God, there's no way I can go on dating apps because I am X weight or I, you know, Mm -hmm. that's not a very well worded question, but I think you get that
1: i get what you mean and it's really interesting because um, um my past three relationships have been through online dating it's i feel like it's the way people meet these days and i also had a relationship with an online dating coach. so i had the insight from my end of being a woman and i also saw the other side like men and what they were kind of experiencing which to me just blew my mind, but I'm going to speak from a woman's perspective and someone who has been on online dating. Um, so the number one thing I think about is work on yourself first, take care of your body because our physiology does affect how we feel. You know, our gut is like the second brain and it has so many receptors in there. So, can you start without, without the goal of wanting to lose weight? So some, like I said, there's nothing wrong with that, but that shouldn't be like your main priority. Otherwise, like the weight will always fluctuate and your happiness will fluctuate with it. But can you focus first on feeling good from the inside out? Can you start with 30 minutes of movement a day, whether it's, that's a yoga class online or walking out in the sunshine? Do that because that makes you feel good. Good. Walking, especially, it's a really, it's most simple and free way of exercising. What actually happens, and especially if you're going post-breakup, there's a lot of anxiety, like sad kind of feelings. Obviously feel those. Um, And then if you want to shift your energy, walking is amazing because um, as we move forward, so it's a motion called forward ambulation, our eyes actually make lateral eye movements. And when that happens, it silences the amygdala which is the stress and fear response of the brain so it makes us feel good mentally you're moving your body which is makes you feel good and you're taking care of yourself that way so simple mm. right every day 30 minutes of walking and then the other thing is can you start eating more nourishing foods so um when i think of breakups i think bridget jones diary and like oh <laughs> by <myself."> that part <laughs> you know she's eating lollies and chocolate and um just feeling sorry for herself after you've had those moments. I was just Stop. gonna say there's
0: nothing wrong with doing that oh. at one point. I think we're all gonna do that. Oh, I've done it. Eat the chocolate, eat the ice cream, drink the extra glass of wine, and then yes. Go. Next step, Eliana. You're sorry. Yes.
1: Exactly. Have your Bridget Jones moment because That's just like a release of emotions. You want everything comforting around you. Have a cry. And then start thinking of how you can actually take care of yourself post-breakup. So start switching to less processed foods. Um, For women as well, don't skip your breakfast. Intermittent fasting is such a big thing for men, but actually in women, it has the opposite response. It activates a sympathetic nervous system, which can drive up cortisol, which can drive up fat storage and adrenal fatigue. So have breakfast, have a nourishing breakfast, um, include some high quality protein in your meals, and start eating in a healthier way. Um, so those would be the two things that I would say, in terms of feeling good from the inside and out, you can start doing. Then in terms of feeling confident in yourself. Um, what I love to tell my clients is do something that's out of your comfort zone. Cause I truly believe that confidence, yes, has some to do with how you look, but it's more to do with what you think of yourself. If you think you're capable of doing things that are outside of your comfort zone, for example, if you've always wanted to go to the gym, maybe go get a gym membership. If you've always wanted to do a pottery class, go and do it. If you want to do a pole dancing class, go do it. Because that confidence building translates into the dating scene. Because
0: Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And it's something, again, I love this because it's something that I work on with my clients. Like, right out, right out your, not it's not a tick the box list but it's it's a push yourself outside your comfort zone yes what are those things that you've you know secretly or even not so secretly always wanted to try like for for one of my poster one of my poster girl clients it was conquering her fear of the ocean ocean swimming mm-hmm.
1: I burles- love that
0: burlesque dancing yes uh caving you know going into small spaces and caving mm-hmm um, Hiking, hiking. Mm-hmm. Another, another client did an overnight hike, and I know they're all sort of love out that Gary things. It could be public speaking. I was just told earlier today that public speaking is the number one fear that people have. Like, yeah. <laughs> so public speaking. So what? Yeah, I agree. Whatever it is, push yourself outside your comfort zone. Take the focus off.
1: Yes. How you look and
0: think about how you feel and what you're capable of and what you can do. I love that. Yes. So
1: I love that you tell your clients to do that as well because. I honestly think like people, a lot of people live life with a handbrake on because they don't feel like they can do the things that they want to do. But as you start doing that outside of a relationship, that's something for yourself because you're, you're building this identity without that, that your ex partner. So what are the things you can do for yourself that will make you happy? That'll push you outside the comfort zone. And you know you're building your identity outside of the relationship, so I really, really love that. Um, and then in terms of um, in terms of online dating, <laughs> mm. to me, I just I just started going on dates. Like I picked a guy that I think I would like, and then I would go on a date with them. Um, And so it's being open to, to dating again. And in terms of the mindset around this, there was a time where I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to date. I don't want to get hurt again. But when you block yourself from potentially feeling pain, you're also blocking yourself from feeling love and happiness and all the wonderful feelings. Um, And as well, once you build your confidence and hobbies outside of dating, that translates into dating. So you kind of walk in there and, you know, you feel really good about yourself. You've been through hardship before. Let's say you've done a public speaking gig. This date is a piece of pie in comparison. (laughs) It's one one person versus like 50 that you may be speaking to. Um, And then on the date, one thing, like some of my clients who are dating again, they they get nervous on the date with how they look like. Um, So the biggest thing I tell them is, again, focus on the fact that you're more than a body. You are a person with this beautiful personality, a lot to offer. And most importantly, be yourself, because Mm. if you're trying to be someone else on a date and this person like falls in love with this idea of you, God, it's, it's a hard thing to be acting all the time. And if they don't like you similar to business, right? Or like when people follow me on social media, I post what I want to post. If they don't resonate with it, cool. Unfollow me. But then the people who want to follow me, follow me. So be yourself ladies.
0: Yeah. agree. Absolutely, one hundred percent, one thousand percent. I also wanted to ask you about sort of the overwhelm and busyness and the making, uh, not making excuses, but you know, managing our wellness in seasons of busyness. Mm. One of my recently, said to me that doing all the back end work, the prep work for her divorce and her divorce lawyer was like a full time job, mm-hmm. and I often it often does take a lot of time and energy. So when it comes to our fitness, our wellness, our health, what tips or advice do you have for anyone in that season of overwhelm, whether it's mm-hmm. divorce or young children or whatever it is?
1: Yes. I love you, this because. I know you said 30 minutes a day. Yeah. What
0: else, but what else do you yeah. share?
1: Definitely. I've got a few things to share here because this is a topic that comes up a lot with my clients. I train women who are business owners. I train women who work in corporate. I train women who work in corporate and study. Like, and or women who are working who have kids. So it's like where the hell do they find time for themselves here? Um, And especially during those crazy periods when there's added stress at work or relationships or if someone's going through a divorce. um, One thing I tell my clients is this is the best time to work on your health or to have something that will anchor you to make sure you take care of yourself because it is going to be your biggest teacher. If you can take care of yourself at this time, no matter how small that looks like, then you've really set the foundation for a healthy lifestyle because it's the mindset of, if I can do this during this time, I can do anything. Yeah, um, And it also sets the scene of, this is not going to be the last stressful time you're going to have in your life. Like your client going through this divorce, like must be so overwhelming, time consuming and stressful, but this is probably not the last stressful thing that she's going to go through in her lifetime. So I find that a lot of people who go through on and off diets, on and off diets give up when it's a busy time in their life and they're letting go of their health. So how can we first see this as a phase where I'm still able to work on my health at a smaller capacity, but I'm taking care of myself. So one of the the things that I teach my clients is what are your three daily non-negotiables? This can be something as simple as drinking water, Mm -hmm. drink two liters of water, because when we're in a dehydrated state, like we're not thinking clearly mm-hmm. and it's not good for our bodies to be in that state. So can you do something as simple as drinking water? Like buy a one liter stainless steel um, water bottle, fill it up twice a day. If you're having that sweet, you're taking care of yourself in some way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can, can you incorporate can be really, really simple,
1: simple. It doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to be working you're a revenge body. Like it doesn't, it's not nothing like that. Like during this stressful time, you need to do small things that are achievable and not pressure yourself to hit the gym five times a week. Cause that's not realistic. So hydration, can you potentially um, take one hour in the weekend to buy um, groceries and make really nourishing lunches for yourself from the week so that you're all set or even pay for a meal prep company. So it's something that you don't have to think about. Yeah. Um, so having Again, the non-negotiable of one nourishing meal a day because I'm sure during stressful stressful time, people either forget to eat or they eat takeaway all the time. Yeah. So if you're eating takeaway, you may as well order healthy foods (laughs) to, (laughs) to help nourish yourself. Um, and then number three, have some form of movement. Movement really is one of the best forms of medicine. It's a way that you can de stress. It's a way that you can, um, you know, think clearly without having your, your screen in front of you. So to me, I always say, go for a walk. If it's not 30 minutes, 10 minutes, yeah. start your morning with that. So what are the three daily non-negotiables you can do? Um, and then the other thing is how can you make it as easy for yourself as possible? Can you prepare your clothes the night before? Can you, like I said, order meal prep lunches? Can you ask a friend to hold you accountable, call you in the morning and say, Hey, have you gone for your walk today? What are the things you can put in place to help you execute those things? So this is not like a full, not full blown up fitness plan or nutrition plan. Cause you probably don't have time for that during the stressful time, but it's taking care of your body. And when you do that, it's a sign of self-respect. It's building self-respect and confidence in yourself. And you will feel good as well. So that would be my advice for anyone who's struggling. And if you are struggling, I hope you're okay.
0: Three non-negotiables. Keep them small. Keep them simple. Yeah. Yes. I also wanted to ask you about manifestation because I know we've discussed previously that you've manifested some pretty big and cool things in your life. Yes. So leading on from separation, divorce, dating, you know, a new version of life, I wanted to ask you a little bit about manifestation, maybe some of your personal manifestations or mm. um, how, how you, whether you use that with clients as well.
1: Yes. My gosh. Um, there's the biggest thing I manifested this year, which like every day I wake up and I go, is this even real? And it, this relates very much to the line of work that you do, sally Ann, is the beautiful relationship I have now with my current boyfriend. So in the last two years, I, um, I've been through two heartbreaks. I went through one long distance relationship, which didn't work out. And during that time, I was not self-aware. I had anxious attachment style. <laughs> 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 and that was, it was a relationship that was never going to work out so that was really heartbreaking it was probably yeah my longest relationship three and a half years um and yeah I was I was really heartbroken I didn't see it coming um but I could have seen it coming if I was more self-aware there was a lot of red flags that I remember when I had you on my podcast Sally, yeah. and you had you <laughs> spoke about the the, the dark horsemen <laughs> that are red flags in a relationship and I'm like yep that was a lot of that mm-hmm. um and not long after, since there was a long distance, uh, I was probably doing long distance for, I think, almost a year and a half, which is a long time. Gosh, and during COVID, I couldn't see my partner. Usually long distance partners can travel and see each other, I could not see this person. So I didn't have any intimacy. I didn't have any contact from men. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go through a liberation phase, online dating. Here I am. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'll just casually date guys and... But then I ended up really falling for someone um, who I was dating. And uh, it was a very interesting relationship in the sense that it was my greatest teacher. But then again, it was a relationship that wasn't going to last because he ended up leaving again. I had this pattern of kind of guys just leaving and I'm like, what is going on? Um, But in that time, it really forced me to look at myself Mm. because I, I, I am attracting what I, like a mirroring, I guess. So I was like, what is going on? I remember going through that heartbreak. That heartbreak was worse than my long, dis- long distance one because it was a very kind of like passionate relationship. It taught me a lot, w- helped me work through a lot of triggers. And most importantly, it made me aware of myself and my patterns in relationships. So then after that, I was like, oh, I really don't want to get hurt. But then I was like, you know what? I, I'm ready to date again. So I dated again with the intention of, oh, I'll just be single, casual. But then it's it's really not what I wanted. Um, Mm. And so I asked myself, what do I really want? And I wanted to call in a partner for life. I wanted to call in someone who I could build a life with, to have a sacred relationship with, who I can grow with. So that was the start of like my manifestation with Luke, who's my current partner. And what happened there was... um, I got really clear on what I wanted. What do I actually want? I don't want to see a different guy every week that doesn't fulfill me. And I was, re- I'm honestly like really ready for a partner and I want to have a family in the next five years. So I'm serious about this. I have so much love to give and I want to be able to give this to someone. So I wrote down what I want. I wanted a long-term partner, my life partner. And then I checked for any blockages okay, is this really what I wanted? What fears are coming up for me? And then after that, I became very clear in what I wanted in a partner in terms of values, not in terms of looks. Mm. Of course, I have a type. <laughs> uh, <laughs> again, humans are visual people. We, we are attracted visually to other human mm-hmm. beings, but I wanted what I want. I, I wrote down what I wanted in a partner in terms of values. So someone who's family oriented, someone who takes care of themselves, someone who is invested in personal development and growth, someone who wants to see me grow. And the last line I wrote was someone um, someone who's not afraid of the dominant force that I'm becoming, which is quite an out there line to write. But I really feel like I have I have so many things I want to achieve in business and I need a partner to, to be on that journey with me.
0: Um, I, that. I just love that so much. I, I talk about the whole lot of women. Like mm. I'm, not, I'm not playing small. I don't want to. I don't want to have no. to play small, and I don't want any of my clients to play yeah. small to dull themselves to keep themselves a little bit small. So yeah, yeah, I talk about being and bringing the whole lot of woman that you are, whatever whole that
1: whole lot means. of woman, and be yeah. unapologetic for that because absolutely that's your essence. That yes. is you. And if you dim that down, you're going to be resentful with your partner. You're going to live a life of regret. So it kind of goes back to one of my tips before um, is be yourself because yeah. I've had partners before like I ha- like one of my partners he read my journals and I was like okay he read my journal um, invasion of privacy but whatever um, and he's like oh you want to write a book and I was like yeah I do but to him it just seemed kind of out there he's like oh really mm. um, and so it kind of made me think like oh maybe. To what, should I write a book? And then I had another guy I dated, and I told him how my, how much I invested in my business, and he kind of said like that's a waste of money. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. Tell me, tell me what to do, will you? <laughs>
0: yeah. And
1: so I, I needed someone who was aligned on the mission that I was going to go on, and who can support that and understand that it's my dream. And I needed I needed to do that for myself. Um, so I did that. And then I let go of any timelines. I didn't go by next year. I want to be married by this year. I want to have kids like let go of timeline because the pressure that that adds Mm -hmm. blocks everything else. And yeah, it's not a nice feeling. Um, and then I took action. I set the boundaries. Okay. I'm not gonna, you know, swipe on guys. I just either want to date or sleep with like, no, that's not me anymore. Um, when I, when I go on Tinder, when I go on Bumble, when I go on Hinge, I'm looking for someone who I can build a life with. So that to me, that was setting boundaries and most yeah. importantly, honoring my values. What do I really value? And because time is precious, it's a non-renewable resource and my energy is also precious. So I don't just want to share that with everyone. I want to be very, um, very careful with who I pick and, you know, do they align with what I see in a partner? Um, and a week later, lo and behold, Luke, Ding! <laughs> Tinder notification, Luke. And he was, it was like cold shower enthusiast. I was like, I like cold showers. I do that. Like a uh, healthy, active lifestyle into spirituality. And I was like, awesome. And then when I, when I, um, I sent him a message, I'm, I'm the type of person, if I want to message you, I'll message you, I would be like, Oh, wait for the guy to message me. I'll send you a message. And one thing that I'm very clear on is someone I can have deep conversations with. So instead of opening with like, hey, how are you? I was like, Hey, Luke, I see we have a lot in common. What's your take on spirituality? Skip the small talk. <laughs> Straight into it. And then he's oh, like, huge oh, message. Yeah. And I was like, oh, a man with 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 feelings. I love it. And then from there, yeah, it was just, it's just been an amazing relationship. And I really do think Luke is like. My long term partner, and we're both very aligned on what we value, on what we want out of our lives together. So, really starting to build that vision. So, in terms of manifestation, that was my process. But uh, along with manifestation, it's not just sitting there and going, Yep, this is the, the guy I want for life. All right, universe, give it to me. And then you do things that are like not aligned with that, and you're breaking yeah. your values and not, not yeah. honoring what you want, or you're not doing anything about it. Like, you got to do something about it. You have to. Like you're a human being in a body. You have to do something. You yeah. can't just wish for it to happen. You have to make it happen as well. Um, and also be really self-aware. I, was, I became self-aware of my shortcomings in relationships and what I was doing. Like, like I was being basically like one of my exes, like a mother, <laughs> like cleaning up <laughs> after him. That made me resentful. And I didn't communicate that. So how can I communicate that in a future relationship? Mm-hmm. How can I work on my anxious attachment style? So manifest and also be self-aware because both work hand in hand. So that's my long story long, and yeah, my most beautiful manifestation so far. And I love that it also relates to your line of work, Sally Ann.
0: Yeah, I love it, and I love that you that you talk about taking aligned action, defining your values. You know, yes, writing you, writing out your, what you're calling in but then not sitting there, Um, um, give it to me, universe, give it to me, universe. <laughs> actually taking intentional aligned action. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Exactly. I think it's Mel Robbins who talks about manifestation being the bridge. Manifestation mm. is the wishing. It's, yes. It's doing as much as it's defining and then doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you can manifest opportunities and the opportunities may be there, but if we don't take it, then it ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Now, my final question for you, and I hope I'm not springing this on on you. Not at it's all. Something that I ask all of my podcast guests, and it is: if you could share a song with our audience that really would support them in their, I hate the word journey, but in their wellness journey, their fitness and wellness journey, what would what song would you choose for our audience?
1: Oh gosh, that's a really that's a really interesting question because. I, I love music so much, and um, I, I have a whole list of songs. I'm just trying to think. Oh my gosh, what song? You can would come I- back to me. Maybe you, if you
0: can't think off the top of your head, because I I said I hope I haven't sprung it on you. Um, come back to me, and we'll drop it in the show notes.
1: You Definitely, can. I think I'll have to come back okay. to you. I might even give you. I I have a playlist called Goddess Vibes. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> <It's-> okay. <laughs> I'll send you. That's kind of like my feel-good playlist.
0: That sounds Um, good. Yeah.
1: I can't think of one at the top of my head. It's kind of like asking what my favorite food is. Sounds pretty awesome,
0: though. I love that. Um, Now tell me, Eliana, how
1: can our people find you? Yes. So the best way to find me is through Instagram. This is my main platform. So it's at Eliana Marie. It's A-L-L-Y-J-A-N-A. M-A-R-I-E. And I'm sure Sal will put this uh, handle in the show notes as well. Um, or you can find me uh, on my website at Eliana Marie Coaching. Um, and there I have a beautiful links. I have a um, Facebook community you can be a part of. I have, um, I send out newsletters every week. I have a free guide for you on how to have a healthy fat loss without the yo-yo dieting. So yeah, click away and I would love to connect with you.
0: Awesome. 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 Thank you so much. Beautiful soul for sharing this time and space with me and sprinkling your wisdom and magic
1: out into out into the world. It's just been a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Sally, and I've had an awesome time chatting with you.
0: I know we could talk for ages, couldn't we? <laughs> we could. <laughs> Maybe there's a um, second podcast episode in it, but so too. now thank you. I'm sally Ann Hartnell, Relationship Coach, and you've been listening to Reflect, Reclaim and Liberate. You can follow me on Instagram at Reflect Coaching and if you can think of anyone who would love this episode, please, please share it with them. I'd also be so grateful if you'd follow the podcast and review this episode so we can get it in the ears of a whole lot more humans just like you who are ready to reclaim and liberate themselves in life and love. I hope you'll join me next time for another episode of Reflect, reclaim and liberate. Until then.